Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. She said that she heard that Heido and the rest of the family did not show up to set up their booth on Friday or Saturday. Um, The fire that was reported at their home was on September 5th. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Over Labor Day weekend, the Houston Fire Department received an early morning call about a house fire on the 7500 block of Imogene Street in Houston. When they arrived, they walked into a horrific scene. They arrived and they put the fire out. Uh, quickly, uh, they observed, uh, very unfortunately, uh, two dead adults, one female and one male. Very sadly, uh, two kids. Um, as well. They have identified the family as 37-year-old Jairo Escaño, 44-year-old Elvira Ya, 13-year-old Isabel Escaño, and 10-year-old Jairo Escaño Jr. Police say this father, mother, and their two children were shot. Then their home was set on fire. David Gonzalez, reporter with KHOU in Houston. Can I have you start by telling us a little bit about this family, the Escaño family? Right now, from what we've heard from family members is that the Escaño family was very quiet. They kept to themselves um, from Jairo Escaño's sister-in-law. She said that Jairo kind of had a tight hold on his family that, uh, for example, Isabel, the 13-year-old, she didn't have a lot of friends. They didn't allow them to play with friends. They kind of kept to themselves. They were a hardworking family. Um, Jairo set up his stand or he had a booth at the local flea market where he would sell goods like furniture, clothing, other things like that. And that's something that they said he would be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, early morning until the evening. And I think the family themselves would be a part of that. The kids, as well as the wife, they would take part in that. It's over Labor Day weekend then that some of their extended family members start to get worried. Why is that? According to the sister-in-law, she said that she heard that Heido and the rest of the family did not show up to set up their booth on Friday or Saturday. He, since Friday, uh, since they go and set up everything in the flea market, he wasn't there. They, they, weren't on there. they weren't there since Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. The fire that was reported at their home was on September 5th which was the day before Labor Day. Um, that is where their, their bodies uh, were discovered. So they were alerted to something possibly going on when he didn't show up to work on that Friday, but they didn't find out that they had died until that, uh, that Sunday, September 5th. Take us through that Sunday morning then, the Sunday before Labor Day. What do firefighters find when they get to this home? So firefighters were called out to the home on Emojean Street around 8, 10 in the morning, and that's according to Houston police. And they showed up to a fire at the home. Neighbors that I spoke to said that there was smoke coming from the home, no visible fires, but they clearly could see that something was on fire inside the home. Houston Fire responded. They 
did what they have to do. They rushed in. um, And in that process, they discovered the four bodies of the family. And I'm not quite sure what the latest is here, but I know we had a confirmed cause of death for at least three of the family members. We actually have the cause of death for all four now. Um, And the cause of death, unfortunately, for all four, Jairo Escaño, his wife, Elvira Ya, 13-year-old Isabel and 10-year-old Jairo Jr., they were all shot in the head. Just real sad. Sunday morning, uh, just want to ask for prayers for this family. So later that same day, Houston Police Department would hold a press conference. What stands out to you thinking back on that briefing? For me, what stood out the most was Houston Police Chief Troy Finner being so angry about it. He said he used those words. He says, I'm angry. And he was angry because this was a domestic violence incident. He said it was not a random act, but he was more upset that it involved innocent children. When anybody dies in our, in our city, it upsets us, okay? But when it's innocent kids, it, it, it's even more upsetting. I mean, they hadn't even lived their lives, and, and nobody deserves that, especially innocent little kids. So, uh, yeah, I, I get emotional about it, and everybody does. We, we, we take it personal. And... I felt that when we asked a question about a suspect at that time, he said that this was not a random act, that this was domestic violence. So it hinted at that they knew who this person was, but they weren't telling us. We do suspect that it is a domestic violence. Um, the sad thing is we have four dead victims in our city, and uh, we're just asking for prayer. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of information. Just as I said a few minutes ago, we're early on. Um, but whoever's responsible for this. You rest assured that we're going to find them. And if they're looking, they know who they are. And the best thing is to do is just turn yourself in. Did he talk at all about how they had reached that conclusion that this wasn't a random incident? I think Houston police reached that conclusion that this was not a random act and that it was possibly part of domestic violence was based on that there was no forced entry at the home. And I'm wondering, did they talk at all about the cause of the fire itself? They did not, but when asked what possibly started the fire, Houston Police Chief Troy Finner did say that suspects, a lot of times when they're trying to hide evidence, will try to set fire to a home or to whatever might be involved in their crime. And in this case, it was possibly to hide evidence or hide, unfortunately, the four bodies. I'm not sure, but uh, we got uh, uh, four dead individuals in there. And, and normally uh, people, that that's what they do sometimes to that try to disguise something on the scene or destroy evidence, so. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. At what point then would we learn the name of a suspect in all of this? I knew the name of a suspect from day one, from Sunday, September 5th. That was according to the family. They had a suspicion as to who this was. But obviously, we could not use that information until it was confirmed by Houston police. And that actually didn't 
come about. We did not get official confirmation as to who that was until Thursday, September 9th. And what is it then that happens on that Thursday on September 9th? September 9th, uh, it was a normal day. We started hearing some chatter through police that they had tried to move in on a possible murder suspect about three miles from where this family was killed. Um, and that as they moved in, the suspect shot himself and killed himself. He died on the way to the hospital. So I went out there and we were kind of just doing what we normally do, just waiting for police to give us information. But we did spot a white Nissan Titan. Um, and talking to family, they said that a white Nissan Titan was missing from the home the day that this all happened back on September 5th. And talking to neighbors, they had provided video to us, surveillance video from a home of a Nissan Titan that belonged to the family driving into the home and leaving a short time before that fire was reported. So when we got to the scene on September 9th, we did see a Nissan Titan. So we started piecing those clues together. Um, and then when police gave us a briefing, they let us know that the suspects, the murder suspect that they were trying to move in on was the same suspect involved in the Imogene Street quadruple homicide, and that he was actually the son of Elvira Yeah, the 23-year-old son of her. So what, what happened was our investigators started uh, immediately start investigating the uh, that crime scene, and through witnesses and through evidence, we were to establish a suspect in, in that case. So during those time period, our, our, our officers were out looking for that suspect, which led us to the scene today. Who is this person? What else can you tell us about him? Um, we, from police and from family, we've learned that his name is William Escaño Ya. He is the oldest son of Elvira Ya and the stepson to Jairo Escaño. Um, talking to family, they say that he was very quiet, very polite. Anytime they interacted with him, he would be just a nice guy. But they also said that he had a very tough relationship with his stepfather, that they would always fight, that... It was something that they would see often and that Heido, his stepfather, was part of William's life since he was 10 years old. There are still obviously a lot of outstanding questions in all of this, but one that stands out to me is, is the timeline here. We talked about how it had been a couple days since anyone had heard from these family members. Have investigators said anything yet about when exactly they think they were killed? We're still trying to figure out the timeline as to when exactly the family was killed. Right now, that's something that uh, Houston police is not telling us. But according to family, they suspect that the family, or at least a couple of them, maybe the parents were killed a few days before the bodies were discovered. You do see on that surveillance video, William driving down the street past the surveillance cameras to the family home. Um, this is around 743 on September 5th. And then about 13 minutes later, you see him drive away. And then the fire was reported, I want to say, maybe less than 15 minutes later. So people are wondering what he was doing at the home. According to family, they say that some neighbors say they heard gunshots, but this is all unconfirmed at the moment. So right now we're just waiting for the medical examiner to hopefully provide that insight. You and your colleagues at KHOU have been all over this story, talking to family, friends, neighbors. What have folks who knew this family had to say about how they're going to remember Jairo Elvira and their two kids, Isabel and Jairo Jr.? They're just extremely sad and shocked by the whole situation. That neighborhood itself is, uh, I want to say, a row of 10 houses only. So neighbors know each other, they see each other. So the neighbors themselves on the streets were shocked that something like this happened. They say that they would see the 
kids walk to school, that they would see the family drive off to go work at the local flea market. So there was a vigil there held on September 6th where they laid candles out, flowers, teddy bears, pictures on the driveway at the home. And they got together and they pretty much just try to cope and deal with this loss because a lot of people are just trying to answer that big question is, and and it's why this happened. And unfortunately, this comes as KHOU has been reporting on an increase in domestic and family violence cases in the Houston area. For our listeners all over the country, I want to mention some discreet ways you can reach out for help. The number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. And to reach the 24-7 crisis text line, you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. David Gonzalez with KHOU in Houston. Thanks for bringing us this story. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. For more from David Gonzalez, you can head over to khou.com. And for more from us, you can visit vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows, including our weekly true crime chronicles. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. <laughs>